my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Um, yeah, a lot to get to today. It was a, it was a fun show. Uh, went off the rails a couple times, but it was a very fun show. I, I think you guys will like it. I was joined by my good friend Baylor Cook, uh, one of my favorite guests. It's always uh, a good time talking to Baylor. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, Tucker Carlson's attacks on Austrian economics and libertarianism generally. Um, we talked about the Vox ad apocalypse uh, over the weekend where the left was trying to take down um, Steven Crowder and, you know, anyone else who's funny on the Internet. Um, yeah, we, we covered a lot of ground. Um, I'm sure you guys will like it. Uh, before I get to Baylor, uh, guys, follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod, and please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. All right. Without further ado, here is my chat with Baylor Cook. All right, guys, we're here with my good friend, Baylor Cook. Baylor, thanks so much for taking the time, brother. Thanks for having me on. You know, this is my favorite podcast to come on every time because we always have a good time and it's never your typical talking points. It's always something fun to talk about. So I'm excited to see what you got for me today. Oh, just wait. <laughs> just, <laughs> hey, maybe you spoke too soon. Famous Uh-oh. last words. <laughs> so, what are you bringing at me now? Well, we have a lot to get to, as always. I'm, I'm a broken record at the beginning of every single podcast. Uh, obviously, we only do two a week, so to cover everything, I'd have to do a, a tri-daily podcast, I think. But, um, yeah, a lot to get to. Before we get into the actual news of the day, I have to talk about what jumped at me out of uh, my Twitter feed uh, this morning. <laughs> at 6 a.m. when I got right, it this yeah, morning. I'm kind of scared. Yeah, the, the, writers, <laughs> the writers of this season of life uh, are, are really uh, outdoing themselves. Uh, 2019 is, <laughs> is really strange, man. For some reason, Justin Bieber, uh, the Canadian uh, singer, uh, is trying to get Tom Cruise to fight him in a cage match. So, uh, yeah, man, <sighs> life is strange, brother. Yeah, I want to say the, uh, the writers of uh, America for the season 2019 are doing something, but he's Canadian, huh? I don't know where the heck Tom Cruise is from. Like, I don't even know where Tom Cruise is from, where he is. I'm guessing he's on the Scientology cruise ship with measles somewhere in the (laughs) Caribbean. I have no idea. But, yeah, I saw that. The I want to challenge Tom Cruise to a fight in the octagon. And then he basically called him a coward. He said, Tom, if you don't take this fight, you're scared and you will never live it down. Like, where has this celebrity beef come out of Justin Bieber v. Tom Cruise? <laughs> well, he did spell your wrong, by the way, which I, I, I can't help That's but correct any tweet that, that spells uh, your wrong. But, um, yeah, Tom Cruise is 56 years old, so uh, that, that's weird. I, th- I think the last legit like fist fight I got in, I was like 23 or 24, and that's that's actually yeah. pretty old to be getting in street fights at, at that age. <laughs> I was um, about to say, I'm 22. <laughs> I'm hoping that's not two years down the road for me. Hey, you never know, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But but the thing is, like, I I don't understand Justin Bieber because he seems like this peaceful guy, right? He seems like somebody who's not gonna want to fight. He went through that wild stage, but he since calmed down and he's super Christian. But then, like, Tom Cruise is nuts. 
Like, that guy is certifiably insane. Great actor. But, I mean, some of the stuff he's just come out and said and done, you're just like, I I don't want to mess with Tom Cruise in any way, shape, or form. So to come out and say you want to fight him, I want to know the backstory behind that. I think Tom Cruise would take him. I mean, look, I, I know he's, like, what, five feet tall and old. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, Justin Bieber's a rich kid from Canada. So I just assume that uh, him throwing punches looks a lot like him having a stroke. I would guess. <laughs> You're gonna get me in trouble now. I'm trying to. I'm trying to hold it back. What I'm not allowed to say on the podcast. I think Justin Bieber would get destroyed because it's always like a like you know the old saying you do not uh, you do not get involved with crazy, right? I think Tom Cruise is the definition of crazy, and so I don't know why you would ever uh, want to fight crazy. I mean, he is the figurehead of a cult, so. He is. I'm sure he's got some of that crazy. He's crazy. He he certainly is crazy. See, look, Baylor. (laughs) This is what I want to know. Why can't one of these celebrities just call me out? I mean, dude, my podcast download numbers would go through the freaking roof if there was a video of me (laughs) knocking out Justin Bieber on YouTube. I come on, dude. I'm right here, Justin Bieber. I'm I'm 30 years old. I'm in pretty good shape. I'm not 56 like Tom Cruise. Come on, man. Call me out. I'll fight you. But see, maybe maybe this beef has been from when he was like 12 and didn't like one of the ways Tom Cruise's movies ended. And so he said, look, I'm just going to wait until I'm old enough and, in, or, and until Tom Cruise is too old. And then I'm going to challenge him. Yeah. Exactly. But now he, he comes out and challenges you. I mean, that's way too close in age. And we both know that he would lose that fight miserably. How about this? Brady Leonard and Baylor Cook versus Justin Bieber and Tom Cruise. All, <laughs> all four of us in the cage. Lock the doors. Let's have some fun. Who am I Let's taking fun, in this man. scenario? Who are you taking and who am I taking? Hey, I'll take either one. I, either one. Who You want Bieber or Cruz? See, my instinct is probably Cruz. Or, or, uh, yeah, yeah, probably Cruz because he's kind of, you know, he's a little bit older. I mean, he probably doesn't move as fast as he did in Mission Impossible 1. But I also, for the latest... <laughs> This Mission Impossible saw him hanging outside of an airplane for the movie, and it wasn't a stunt guy. He actually did it, so I'm, I I have no idea. I might have to go with Bieber for this one. I really don't want to fight either, but if you're putting me in the scenario where I have to, probably Bieber. Probably Bieber. You know, I, all right, that's that's cool. I mean, I think that's a nice, clean, easy win for you. I I, I definitely safe to say that. Uh, you're you know you're a Tennessee boy, so you're not a you know a rich Canadian pop singer uh and then also you know with tom <laughs> well, see, you're stuck with crazy though <laughs> i am stuck with the crazy man the only thing is he's he's a very very tiny human being and i'm not very flexible i've never been able to actually throw a head kick like against somebody my height because i can't get my leg up that high but i would just i could probably kick tom cruise in the head it would just be just a head kick fest just to say i could actually kick a grown man in the head never been able to do it before not now very I have flexible. This mental man. image in my head, and I just I can't get it out now. <laughs> Imagine the No Gimmicks podcast download numbers of, after a video of me knocking out Tom Cruise with a head kick hits YouTube. Let's make it happen, man. Let's have some fun. It's 2019. What are we doing? <laughs> All right, hey man. You never know what the Rutgers are going to throw at you next. He might call you out. <laughs> hey man, I'm right here at Brady Leonard. Tweet at me, Bieber. Bring it on. All right, uh, before we get to the real news, Fight Club. We're talking oh. about street fights, right? All right. Yeah. The classic fight club question, what celebrity yeah. would you want to fight? But we're both political commentators in the world of politics. Could be conservative, liberal, doesn't matter. Could be for any reason in the world of po- could be a politician, 
in the world of politics, who would you fight and why? Well, I mean, the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. There's that, so I probably shouldn't tell you who I want to fight. Um, but I want to I want to preface this by saying this because I know we're probably going to get into the Vox apocalypse and everything, and oh, how yeah. Carlos Mazda came out and you know condone violence and promoted violence we should never promote violence in any way violence is never the answer to any political discourse but if i had to fight one person in politics without a doubt alex jones i would get destroyed but the <laughs> video would be hilarious if he fights in any way like he does commentary it would be hilar- it would be hilarious to watch <laughs> like i'm i'm probably close to death I mean, he all, fights that way because I saw some video all that's his been turned into a meme everywhere. All his advertisements are for like steroids and stuff too. <laughs> so that's, like... that's fair. That's fair. I'm at a huge disadvantage. I should definitely say that. But have you seen the video that's been turned into this huge meme where all of a sudden some protester is like heckling him from like down the street and he t- turns and yells and takes off after the <laughs> protester? I just imagine if the fight starts that way, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I, I will take the beating just for the video it would be hilarious i think you could take alex jones he's, he's pretty out of shape he's older yeah I, I don't know man steroids and whatever drugs he's consuming he's i think that supplements. i would definitely lose that. he's on all the supplements <laughs> i was not referring to supplements <laughs> <laughs> uh you know i all right i got a couple names i got a couple names of people i'd fight all right yeah you One, gotta tell me first eric swalwell Oh God! Just for obvious reasons, he's just a little shit, isn't he? Man, that guy. I, I, I sorry, audience. <laughs> this is weird. This is really going off the rails early on this mo- beautiful Monday hey man, it's afternoon. It's always fun. I'm telling you, hey, look, this is why it's my favorite podcast. He threatened to nuke gun owners, so I'd like to give him the old nuclear right hand, right on the right on the chin. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. And then you know what? It, and also, I mean. Look, he's, you know, a middle-aged congressman. How about this? How about this? Charlie Kirk. Give me Charlie Kirk. He's a big guy. He's like 6'5", big dude. Looks like he's in pretty good shape. Probably can't fight, but, you know, he's bigger than me. At least it'd be a fair fight. I was about to say, that one would be a fair fight. I don't know if Eric Swalwell would be. I saw a video of Eric Swalwell uh, jogging. I remember Chad Prather, one of my favorite podcasters, uh, actually was making fun of, I think it was Eric Swalwell, and had a video of him jogging away from, and he was saying he was jogging away from the presidential primary. Um, so if he jogs <laughs> anything like he, uh, or if his fighting is anything like his jogging, it's going to be real bad. Wait, 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 wait. We might both have to change our answer. Justin Why? Trudeau. Oh. Why didn't we think of Justin Trudeau? He's actually had, like, amateur boxing matches, too, when he was younger. So like uh, I'm sticking with Alex Jones. The video would be Jones? Right. I can't look past the video. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, moving on. Wow, that was okay. Uh, All right. We got off the rails. I'm glad. I'm glad we're moving <laughs> back towards the rails at least. There's no seg- There's no like reasonable segue to get into the real news. So I'm just gonna just take an abrupt turn back to real news right now. I, there's no <laughs> real transition here. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's let's head over to our our friend Tucker Carlson over at Fox News. Um, I like Tucker Carlson. Um, he's a smart guy. He's a very talented broadcaster and, and commentator and stuff. Um, and I agree with him on some stuff. Um, you know, he's kind of come out as essentially a socialist on, on economics lately, which is pretty troubling, or at least a Keynesian at the very least. But 
Tucker Carlson went on the most ridiculous and factually inaccurate rant I've ever heard in my entire life last week. I believe it was Thursday night uh, on on his his show over on Fox News, where he was accusing the United States federal government of being too libertarian. (laughs) He said, quote, the Washington ruling class is resolutely libertarian and also, quote, beholden to Austrian economics. Take it away, Baylor. <laughs> that okay. So I am a huge Tucker fan. Just uh, uh, you know, I'll take it a step further. I'm a big Tucker fan, and everyone in my family is a pretty big Tucker fan. Like we we watch Tucker's show. Um, I've seen a lot of it, but this this rant just baffled me beyond belief. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the idea of a libertarian ruling class? oxymoronic by very nature libertarians advocate for little to no (laughs) pretty much no government whatsoever so how are they trying to rule over the people they just don't want you to touch them or their stuff that's it that's it it's amazing it's and then austrian economics yeah yep the washington ruling class is reading austrian economists constantly you know i'm sure uh you know atlas shrugged is on mitch mcconnell's nightstand i'm sure (laughs) nancy pelosi's reading a lot of hayek and and thomas soul and Payne and Murray Rothbard and uh, like what the hell is Tucker Carlson Carlson talking about? They're all Keynesians on both sides. That's the thing that drives me crazy about the Republican Party is that they're not they don't read their Austrian economics. You know, I mean, they're all big (laughs) government on on the economy, except for Mm -hmm. Rand Paul, Mike Lee. Thomas Massey. Yeah, that's it. I mean, like how many how many libertarians are in office? There's like four of them. Justin Amash, I I guess. I mean, there's a few of them, but they don't have any real power in Washington, D.C. No, not at all. And see, that was that was one of the things also that baffled me with Tucker's rant is from what I've understood about him his entire career, you know, when he started out on CNN and made it all the way to where he is now, he's been a big free market guy. But in this rant, he also goes uh, goes off about the credit card companies, you know, being beholden to credit card companies with like 35 percent interest rates or something like that. And I'm like, if you are really a free market guy. If you really think that you know that, the, that we should operate under a free market, that is how a free market should work. If they want to charge ludicrous interest rate rates, that's their prerogative. Hopefully, people won't choose them. People will go to a different choice. But then again, like we shouldn't have government intervention there. And I, I, I don't understand. God, that that rant just baffled me. I know it almost gave me a brain aneurysm. I'm surprised I lived. But um. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, there's nothing worse than than when people attack libertarians as like the straw man for whatever problems they view as as happening. But anytime they attack libertarians in this way, usually these attacks are coming from Democrats, not from a guy like Tucker Carlson. But it's it's always yeah. like, man, if what he's saying was true, that would be awesome, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, president, it former, really would. Former President Obama went on a rant. I forget where he was speaking. He was giving a speech last week where he said how easy it was to buy machine guns or to buy fully automatic weapons. I'm like, well, one, fully automatic weapons have been banned since 1986, and damn, I wish that was true. That would be tremendous. Yeah. I'd be... I'd. My, Look, my closet would look a lot different. It would be packed with fully automatic weapons at this point. <laughs> if that was true, that would be tremendous. And obviously, if the Washington quote-unquote ruling class were was resolutely libertarian, uh, well, we wouldn't ha- wouldn't be 22 trillion in debt. We wouldn't be running a, an annual deficit of what 800 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, the federal in- income tax would either 
be gone completely or be extremely low. So it's like, I mean, don't threaten me with a good time, Tucker Carlson. Like, if this was true, <laughs> we'd be having a really good day. Well, and see, and that's what I'm saying is there have been so many Republicans lately that come out and you think they're ardently Republicans and all they're pressing for is, hey, we're just going to ignore the debt. We're just going to throw it over there, which if we were a libertarian, we wouldn't have such a massive debt. Like if we were truly libertarian, like you pointed out, but also it, they have been Republicans have been calling for more government intervention, which is in and of itself not liberal. Libertarian. So I would have totally understood if he said Washington ruling class is uh, becoming more progressive and is becoming more big government because even Republicans are kind of shifting that way. But the fact that he said the exact antithesis of that, that it's not even less government, that they're becoming no government, it makes absolutely no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. And I think a lot of uh, Tucker Carlson's kind of evolution, if you want to call it that, on, on economics started a while ago and he wrote a lot about this in his new book i i, I read part of it i uh what, what's his new book called i uh, should have that written down shouldn't i i'm just doing a stellar job today talking about fighting eric swalwell and can't even remember the book name but any, anyway um, uh he he talks about basically how if he were in charge the government would just ban self-driving cars because he's afraid that you know the the truck driving industry is going to go under and stuff like that it's like okay we could get into why that's absolutely ridiculous, but one that that's not yeah. how the economy works. I mean, you don't ban they didn't ban the Model T because it was going to put horse trainers out of business. You know, like that's just absolutely you know the guys that build buggies out of business. That's not how it works. And then also, it's not like once we get a self-driving truck boom overnight, every truck driver is going to be unemployed. I mean, those jobs will be phased out over the course of. 30 40 50 years i mean it, it takes a long yeah. time for the 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 economy to adjust like that and every time there's a an adjustment it's you know creative destruction more jobs end up coming about as the end result even if it hurts a little at first exactly. so why is this so hard for somebody that claims to be a conservative like tucker carlson to understand and, you know, the thing is, uh, up until, like you said, a couple months ago, I did not think that it would be hard for him to understand. It looked like that's the side he was on, but he is straying more and more towards big government. It's kind of baffling. And again, I'm still a huge Tucker fan. I will disagree with him openly about some things. But in and of itself, I think what you hit on was a really good point, is the fact that whenever the – in a free market society, whenever one institution fails or whenever – one institution is put out of business by progressing technology, it allows for more jobs to appear because new industries, new market sectors, new everything comes up. Now, granted, we can't predict it. We don't know what it'll be, but we're pretty certain it will come because this has been tried and true, tested throughout history, not just American history, throughout the entirety of history, wherever we have had anything resembling a free market. What do you make of the uh, the alarmists? Um, in terms of you know AI and self-driving cars and, and the people that are, are preaching a lot of the Tucker Carlson stuff, I, obviously I think it, it's a ridiculous point. But their argument is that, yes, it's never ruined the economy ever in the history of the world. Yes, everything always <laughs> corrects itself. More jobs end up coming up and everybody's fine. But this time it will be different. We're looking at something that's never happened before. And automation will destroy every job. Everybody will be unemployed. It, it, we're, this is unprecedented. Okay, so what do you, obviously, I, at least in my mind, that's the easiest yeah. point in the world to pick apart. But oh, wh yeah. why do they think that this is some catastrophe that is unprecedented? I, 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 
Look, the Industrial Revolution was a lot more unprecedented than what you're seeing nowadays in terms of automation. So let's get that clear. The automobile was a lot uh, bigger in advancement than the self-driving car. Uh, Let's not be ridiculous. The ability to go from coast to coast in a few days as opposed to six months, I think, uh, was a a bigger innovation than self-driving cars. But what do you make uh, of, of the people saying, yeah, yeah, I understand that it's always worked out, but it's different this time? The alarmists remind me of the people that screamed Y2K and the people that screamed the world's going to end in 2012. It's just always wrong. And how do we know this? Because every other time somebody said this in history, it is always wrong. Because we're still here and we're still alive, right? Like that's why. Exactly. I think by uh, some some crackpot's definition, I was supposed to have died seven years ago. I don't know about you. Maybe this is a long dream. Maybe I'm dead and this is a sensation in heaven. Um, it sure, I, I sure hope this isn't heaven. Let's just say that. But nevertheless, I do not think that this that we're dead. I do not think that the world has ended. And I think that we're still kicking. And I think those people were wrong. And I think every every time somebody becomes an alarmist and becomes like the extreme of an alarmist that says basically like even the climate change alarmist, right? right? The world's going to end in 12 years. No, it's not. No, it's not. All right, let, let's throw that out there. And people are going to say, oh, you're a climate change denier. You're a global one. Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not. There's a problem with the climate, but we're not going to die in 12 years. Just like the advancement of automation is not going to kill the entire economy and we're not going to need this wage for all American people that's uh, supplemented by the government. You're just not going to need it. It's not going to happen. It's just BS, plain and simple. You're either right or you were killed in your fist fight against Alex Jones and you're actually in heaven. You're dreaming this whole thing. One. That That's probably the one, second one is what I'm going to go with. That's probably the case. But can you send me the video? Yo, in heaven, since we're talking, if you're still on Earth, please send that to me. I'd love to see that video. <laughs> Absolutely. So one more topic before I let you go. We have to talk right. about the Vox ad apocalypse uh, that happened last Oof. week uh, with this Vox writer, Carlos Maza, uh, who spent uh, all week. I don't know if he apparently he has a job with Vox, but you couldn't tell because he was spending all of his time uh, trying to get Steven Crowder banned from YouTube. Um, slow week at Vox, apparently. But um, uh, really, yikes, dude. Like, you don't have anything else to do with your time. But anyway. To the, they to the, for Vox, to the, so probably not. Right. To the crux of the matter, they, they went scorched earth, Vox did, against Steven Crowder, trying to get him deplatformed by YouTube. Um, they, they bitched and moaned at YouTube. YouTube eventually just demonetized uh, Crowder's channel permanently, sort of demonetizing all all kinds of, of channels on YouTube. Um, what, what do you make of it? Look, man, this is not going to end well. This is going to keep getting worse and worse. I feel like we circle back to this topic every month or so, um, but just an all-out scorched-earth campaign from Vox against Steven Crowder and YouTube mm-hmm. generally. is, is, is this, this shit is just out of hand, man. This is absolutely ridiculous. It really is. And I think just what it boils down to is Carlos Mazda is just a spineless coward, if we're just going to be honest about Absolutely. it. He is a thin-skinned, bigoted hypocrite that comes out and says, because of the fact that you know uh, Steven Crowder is making fun of me doing this, that, and the other, that he should be banned. Well, we can get into why that's not the case. And then he talks about hate speech. Hate speech isn't a thing. The Supreme Court has said this in multiple rulings, but we can get into that a, a little bit later as well. But at the end of the day, really what it comes down to is we should not irreparably alter public discourse just because somebody had their fragile feelings hurt. And that 
that's what it is. He got his feelings hurt, and he used to work for Media Matters. His job used to be attempting to deplatform certain public figures, and now he's trying to deplatform uh, Steven Crowder. He's going after him, and he thinks it's an easy target. And boy, do I think he picked the wrong battle. He caused an apocalypse. He caused a lot of good journalists to absolutely lose the way they make a, a living. But I do not think he has caused the end of Steven Crowder whatsoever. No, I mean, Steven Crowder will be fine. Um, I, I, a lot of smaller channels, you know, guys that don't have the infrastructure that Steven Crowder... I mean, Steven Crowder, you know, he his show is a part of Blaze TV. He's got... Yeah. A lawyer on retainer. He has, uh, you know, a membership thing. He has his mug club, so people are paying him monthly to, to keep his stuff on air. Mm-hmm. So he'll be fine. I feel bad for a lot of these smaller channels that are getting deplatformed. The people that don't have the infrastructure, that don't have mm-hmm. a legal team on retainer to defend you, that, you know, that doesn't have the reach on Twitter and otherwise that somebody like Steven Crowder has. And see, Carlos Maza, He's he ha- he's all butt hurt now because some lefties are getting deplatformed by YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. They're just they're going after anybody yeah. who isn't pl- politically correct and like oh how dare YouTube deplatform the good guys? What the hell do you think was going to happen, bro? I mean you're you're, yeah. you're trying to burn the whole house down, and then you're sad because people are getting burned. Like what the hell is this guy's problem? It's it's absolutely unfathomable the amount of stupidity that has gone into the this whole thing. But I think it's abundantly ironic that he comes out and he says, you know what? I'm going to try to deplatform Steven Crowder because he's mean to me. We all know that's not the case. We all know you're trying to deplatform him because he's conservative and he's a powerful voice. They've tried it with Shapiro. They tried it with a bunch of other conservatives. That's the way they do it. But then again, he goes out and he does this and in trying to deplatform a conservative, what he does is he deplatforms people who truly come across as unbiased journalists. A, he'll get some conservatives. B, he'll definitely get some radicals on the left and right. But at the end of the day, he's also deplatforming liberals that share his exact. Nah, I don't want to say liberals because I disagree with liberals, but they're they don't have extreme ideologies. He's deplatforming leftists, which think and act exactly like him, and I think that's the hilarious irony of it. Not for the people being deplatformed, but for the absolute hypocrite bigot that is Carlos Mazda coming out and saying these things. I went through some uh, tweets by Mr. Carlos Mazda as well. And by the way, Mazda identifies as a communist. He calls himself a communist in his Twitter bio, by the way. So, you know, mm-hmm. charming, very charming right there. But yeah. uh, going through his tweets, he he's called explicitly for violence against conservatives. He's encouraged Absolutely, violence yeah. against conservatives. He's told his followers to throw milkshakes at conservatives whenever they see them in public, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's actually called mm-hmm. for assault against conservatives, but freedom mm-hmm. of speech gives him a case of the sads. So he needs to try to, you know... Well, well, so are you telling me that a guy who is sad that he's getting harassed and has little feelings hurt is also the one out there harassing and encouraging harassment of other people? Well, by his own definition, shouldn't he be deplatformed to them? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, but he's a commie though so it's fine if he does it oh yeah right so it's okay it's okay yeah like all right that's perfectly fine where does this end man i i really think we need an alternative to youtube not only you know i'd love to see social media and you know distribution platforms like youtube that actually care about freedom of speech and don't deplatform people for no reason but also just on an entertainment basis we need an alternative to youtube because i could mm-hmm. i can envision a scenario that in two years there's no comedy on YouTube. Like, there's nothing funny on YouTube. It's like, it's going to be makeup tutorials, yeah. fishing videos, and the Young Turks. 
right? And that's it. And mm-hmm. nothing, <laughs> nothing else is on YouTube. Like I could, I could see YouTube as a laugh-free zone in a few years. So just mm-hmm. so we can be entertained for entertainment value alone, we're going to need an alternative to YouTube at some point very soon. Absolutely. And the thing that uh, really has been that I've been struggling with during this whole debate is, of course, we're saying, you know, it's a speech issue, right? If somebody comes out and says something and because of the fact that they're saying it and it's against you and it's hurtful to you, but it doesn't directly incite violence against you, you want them deplatformed. Okay, we can both agree that's nonsensical. But I think that, you know, me and you can have a discussion about this. I think that we can agree, obviously, that YouTube is a private company and therefore they have the right to set their own standards as they see fit. And because of that, we need competition in the space. But the question that I've really been struggling with a lot is, have these platforms become so big that they are now considered forums? I've heard that argument thrown around, and I don't really like that because it just feels like a government saying, here, I'm going to take this, and this private company is now mine, and I'm going to regulate it when it was started private. And I think that if it was started private, you know, they should be able to hold on to the profits, hold on to the regulations, do everything in-house because that's the way it's run, or at least beholden to the advisors that they put on the board. Right. I, I agree with that. I don't want the government to step in. I don't want the government to step in and do anything ever, but uh, I certainly don't want them mm-hmm. to come in and regulate the uh, you know, the, the tech giants or anything like that. I, one, one scary thing about uh, you know a prospective competitor to YouTube is the fact that YouTube's owned by Google, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Google is how you find these sites, and if there's a direct competitor to YouTube that's doing well, you bet your ass that Google will bury it. Like you won't be able to find you won't be able to find it if you Google it, right? It'll just mm-hmm. redirect you to YouTube. So there is like some of these companies are so big and so powerful that it's going to become a problem. I don't know what the hell we do about it. I don't, I don't have any answers here. I know that government regulations yeah. not the answer because government government regulations never the answer. But so for just mm-hmm. before before I let you go, let's say you are the CEO of Google, you know who owns YouTube. Yeah. What would your policy be on speech on YouTube? Let's say you're the emperor, you're the god king of YouTube. Like what what, the, uh, what wouldn't you allow? You know, that's a difficult question. I think that in order to go against and completely do away with these type of incidents where we have here, I think one you don't cower in the face of the mob because that's exactly what YouTube's doing. So I think the policy that I would institute is, look, if you are directly inciting violence or trying to recruit someone to a terrorist organization, those are, and you know, there will probably be caveats that I think about hours from now that I'm like, oh, I wish I would have said that. But just off the top of my head, those would be the two. If you're an ISIS guy recruiting there, you know, we're going to restrict that and we're also going to report you to the federal government. If you're somebody saying, you know, there's a there's a huge difference between um, indirect insulting and direct incitement. So if I was to say, you know, you should go out and let's use my, my name so I don't get in trouble for this. You should go out and you should uh, kick Baylor Cook in the head at 355 on Tuesday afternoon, June the 22nd or something like that. Now, if I get kicked, then we all know why. But that is direct incitement. All right. If somebody says that, all right, remove the video. Don't remove their channel. Just remove the video because that's direct incitement as as put out by the Supreme Court. But if they just say, hey, I really don't like Baylor Cook. I really think that he should stop talking. That's fine. I mean, that, that's your opinion. It's a bad one, but that's your opinion. No, you know, you should be able to have that, and I wouldn't censor. What about you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, yeah, I, if it were me, I 
just as a libertarian, I would just delete my whole uh, terms of service and guidelines and replace it with the non-aggression principle. I think that would uh, that would do the trick right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just keep it yeah. keep it to the nap. I mean, and for the uninitiated, mm-hmm. the non aggression principle just means you can't use force. It's it's the foundation of libertarian thought. It's you can't use force or threaten to use force against somebody that hasn't used force or threatened to use force against you first. That's it. And that that covers yeah. that covers incitement and as I well. Think- so it just the non aggression principle. You can't use force or incite the use of force or threaten to use force against somebody that hasn't done it to you first. And uh, that that's a, honestly, most people, most human beings, at least in the West live their lives by the non-aggression, non-aggression principle anyway. So it's something that most people mm-hmm. understand and agree with. So I would get rid of everything and just replace it with the nap. Absolutely. And I think that there is a, also the interesting discussion comes up because you know, as soon as you say that somebody's going to say, well, what about white supremacists? What about anti-Semitic rhetoric? And that's a hard question to grasp because I think any rational person can and hear white supremacist rhetoric or anti-Semitic rhetoric or put, you know, any other type of bigoted rhetoric in there. And you can say that's a bigoted, hateful person. They're super ignorant. No one should ever listen to what they say. But the question then becomes, should they be censored? No. And that's always the question that I've kind of struggled with because – and I'll tell you why I say no as well because I think it's a slippery slope argument because who defines what that rhetoric is, if that makes sense? What is your definition of that rhetoric? And what can that also be applied to? Yeah, let them all talk and then laugh in their face. Like you know, exactly, it's so yeah. easy to handle white supremacy and anti-Semitism and and all this stuff, homophobia. Just call them out for being the idiots that they are. That's it. Laugh at them. Mm-hmm. They're hilarious. I yeah. mean, it's it's inherently funny for somebody to think that like their race is better than other races because it's just so dumb. Yeah. Like it's it's not even like a it's a nonsensical like childish moronic premise just laugh at these people oh, yeah. they're freaking idiots laugh in their face who cares let them and the talk. thing that's always baffled me with that yeah is they're like you know we're white supremacists i'm like what does that mean i, I get it it's the color of your skin but does that mean a, a specific background like are we going to go all the way back to just scotland like you <laughs> realize that white is not the same across the board black is not the same across the board his or not hispanic is not the same across the board like you are going to have differences therein in each each race and it's just fundamentally stupid but no one ever asserted these people were smart except for themselves and we can just discount what they're saying yeah i mean they're not even dumb they're not even just dumb they're hilariously dumb like all those videos of like the the little nazi kids that live in their parents basement like chugging milk or whatever to like prove how how racist they are or something like that's hilarious They're, they're hilariously stupid like just laugh at these people don't cry about it and complain to the head of youtube to Get them deplatformed. Not that Steven Crowder is a white supremacist by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, he's never done anything wrong. But you know, like, yeah, I don't want anybody. De- I don't want Louis Farrakhan deplatformed. I don't want any of these bigots deplatformed. I mean, these people with giving these people the biggest microphone they can find is the biggest way is the best way to combat their ideology because it's so dumb. Like nobody's actually going to listen to a sermon by. Louis Farrakhan be like, yeah, this guy totally, he, he makes sense. Like, nobody's going to listen to Jared mm-hmm. Taylor and be like, yeah, man, David Duke. Like, oh, yeah, this guy's on to something. You know what I mean? No, it's like, wow, these guys are idiots. Yeah, and I mean, that's right on the money. And every there, there will be people out there that probably believe the same as us that are sitting out there going, mm, I'm not sure I like the way they're talking about it. You know, it's kind of cringeworthy. Not sure if I'd go that far. But think about it. It is basically applying the free market to speech. So let's say 
that we have the free market principle of uh, what happened with the California or not California, Colorado Baker, right? The guy that right. said, you know what? I don't want to serve LGBTQ people. Me as a conservative who has many people in my family, friends, etc., that are gay. I'm a huge supporter of people that uh, choose to be homosexual uh, or not choose to. Let's not get into the discussion if it's if it's a lifestyle or anything like that. I'm very open about that. You can go to my Twitter and find my beliefs on that. Uh, basically, I'm a supporter of the LGBTQ right. movement, right? But nevertheless, I think the baker should have the right to say, you know, I don't want to serve somebody because of their sexual orientation. Okay, all right, I get that. They should have the right to do that. But then. Nobody is going to go to that baker, right? The free market will deal with them. If they are bigoted, they will lose business. Um, the best the, the best example I've ever heard, I think, was on Joe Rogan. And he said there was this guy that uh, discriminated against Chinese people, and he was a locksmith. Well, he happened to be in a city with a high population of Chinese people. And, and so he lost one-third of his business. Well, he has two options. Either he overcomes his bigotry, right, because he's losing one-third of his business, or he goes out of business. Yeah. One of the too. And that, that that's, I mean, I think if you apply that to speech and say, look, in the same way, let these people talk. And just like you said, let people laugh at them. They're the biggest idiots in the world. No one's going to listen to them and their platforms will slowly shrink. The only reason they grow is if you make them a martyr. When you make them a martyr, when you you censor them, somebody goes, maybe they're saying something the ruling class doesn't like, and then they go and they listen. But if you just let them talk and don't say anything about them, they will be outed as the absolute bigots and morons that they are yeah i mean the free market fixes all of these problems looking at you tucker carlson <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. Man, that's a call yep. and we have come full circle that, that's a callback right there baylor so all right i gotta let all you right. go we're already over time but where can everybody follow you online and keep in touch and all of that good stuff Absolutely. So you can find me over at uh, J underscore Baylor Cook on all social media platforms. Just type in Baylor Cook. I'm the first name that pops up. Would love, love to have you over there. Um, surprisingly, here recently, when you click on my profile, the first thing that pops up is people are saying, you know, it says potentially sensitive content and it blurs <laughs> out my picture my header and my page and i'm sitting here going i just advocate for christian ideals and i advocate for conservatism but apparently that's potentially sensitive i've asked twitter why i'm labeled as that multiple times i think brady can attest to this i'm not a bigot i'm not hateful i think people should just be able to do what they want and then other people should be able to do what they want as long as they don't intervene it's pretty libertarian by nature well, I mean, but you, anyway baylor Cook. you did leave out the fact that uh your profile picture is you in blackface so you know there's that but <laughs> yeah, i'm not ralph northam <laughs> All right. Everybody follow Baylor. He's great. I'm sure I'll have him back on soon. It's always a good time. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Um.